Hello, this is episode 11 of Back to Normal. It's September 2nd, 2020. Now let's get started. All right. Hello again, everybody. Welcome back to the show. I hope you enjoyed. Uh, if you're listening to these in order, I hope you enjoyed the one um, about me last episode. Um, I actually really look forward to it and appreciated taking the time to, to spend a little bit of time talking about myself. I'm really looking forward to the next time I do that. Again, like I said, right now the plan is episode 20, but um, I wanted to focus today on one uh, topic that feels very personal, um, which is kind of my my life philosophy. Um, everything is seemingly boiled down to politics these days, and so I guess you can call it my political philosophy, but that idea is progressivism. Um, if it wasn't clear from past episodes that I am a what I consider a progressive person, um, I can tell you right now that I am one. Um, I'm even willing to say that that's my main life philosophy, and you can apply that idea to pretty much everything I do. And um, so I'm going to get into a little bit of, I guess, kind of why that's the case, and you know, why, like what what kind of results stem from that being a part of my personality, part of kind of the, the horse I tie myself to. I don't, I wouldn't say I necessarily tie myself that strongly to any individual opinion. Um, but my kind of principles of the way I think and the way I feel about a lot of things, um, directly tie to this idea of progressivism. And basically what that means for me is that I am very unwilling to accept the status quo, the what we currently have as a society, as individuals, you know, any of that. Um, I'm not willing to accept the status quo um, just because that's just because it is what it is. And um, that that is true, whether I created this system or I'm just living in it and experiencing it. And so even something as simple as, um, I don't know, like, my technology, for example, um, I don't, I don't set up my computer and then go, okay, this is the way that my computer is going to be. And, uh, I don't need to change it. I don't need to improve it. It's good enough. And that's it. And maybe that stems that maybe progressivism as a whole stems from my, my kind of love of technology in that like software updates and all, and the capacity to improve is built right into technology on, in so many ways, on so many levels that um that's just kind of how i came up is recognizing that you know there's always the ability the capacity to improve things and um yeah so it's based that that principle those that set of principles has basically informed everything that i am and everything that i do and until we live in kind of a utopian society where every single person has exactly what they need and um, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to stop pushing for that kind of ideal. And I think a lot of people, I don't, I don't want to get too far into politics in this, this episode. I, I do plan to address these things even further. This is kind of an introduction to, to my philosophy, because it's going to explain a lot about, um, what I feel is important in future episodes. But, um, I don't think, I don't think we've done enough until everybody has everything that they need. 
And right now in, in most societies, if not all of them, um, people are either left out or not well enough addressed by policies that exist to protect them. And until we can actually do that, it feels like the systems that we're using, that we're used to, were built by the people who don't need them. And the only time we really do get good policies that actually protect everybody and, and programs that support everybody, um, they were they were either conceived of or really lobbied for hard by members of those groups or member people who were formerly members of those groups. So um, groups that don't have enough include the people like um, any minority group, really, I still don't think has enough any um, racial minority specifically. Um, anyone with a disability, um, anybody with a non-binary gender identity or anybody who is not a straight person. Um, there's, there's all kinds of different, um, there's all kinds of diversions from average, from the average person. Um, specifically, usually the average white, straight white person, um, that, that just don't have enough systems to support them fully or have systems which were which are built with disadvantages for them and if you're a member of that group it kind of seems like well yeah i'm not a bad person why shouldn't i get everything i need and it just comes down to the fact that you you are seeing things from the top of a mountain and thinking well this is where i've always been i don't you can't like bring me down a peg but not really recognizing or understanding that nobody is at trying to bring you down. What they're trying to do is kind of level things off um, so that everybody can access the same things that you can access. And that's, this is not a zero sum game. Everybody can have and deserves to have those, those um, things that you have. Um, if, if they're important to you, obviously there's no reason why everybody shouldn't have them. At least that's the way that I feel. There's a lot of talk about um, diversity, equity, and inclusion. In like I, like I mentioned in the last episode, I work for NSERC in the public service, and we have a big push in all of our programs to support EDI, equity, diversity, and inclusion. And I want to talk a little bit about what those things mean to me as a progressive person, as somebody who's, who's not wanting to um, kind of do everything I can to keep the system this favoring the same people that it is because that's really what it comes down to um and i want to talk a little bit about each of those because i think they're each very important facets of making sure that everybody is supported um so the first one here which everyone it talks about the very the most um is diversity and you know part of progressivism part of progressivism is actually just accepting diversity accepting it in every way, so not just not just racial diversity. Um, there's a lot of controversy around the diversity of thought, and I am not trying to say that um, any argument, whether it's made in bad faith or not, whether the person suggesting it is uh, is actually free from bias, um, needs to be considered. But what I am saying is that diversity of thought means that an idea shouldn't be. Um, you know, ca categorized or qualified based on who made the suggestion or who came up with the idea. 
it should be based on the idea itself. And and similarly, criticism of an idea shouldn't be based on the person that, that came up with the idea. And so if you had some controversial figure who had a good idea that that is coming from a diverse background, but it's still a good idea, that I don't think there's any progressive person alive who would say we shouldn't use that idea just because somebody who has previously shown to um, have conservative views came up with it. If somebody who had always been uh, more conservative came up with the idea for universal basic income, for example, um, first of all, you didn't come up with it. You just finally caught up with a lot of the rest of us um, on the idea that some kind of universal support system is needed. But if that happened, nobody would say, oh, that's a bad idea just because you came up with it. It doesn't make any sense. Um, the, the, the strength of an idea is based on what is actually in the content of it, not based on who came up with it. Now, obviously, certain voices are going to be louder than others when it comes to um, putting these ideas out into the social sphere. But um, yeah, the, the merit of an idea itself is, sh is what should be most important in a diverse system when it comes to, that's again, referring to diversity of thought. So the next facet of um, EDI that I'm going to talk about is equity. So um, a progressive person should always be pushing for equity. And what that means to me, again, I'm going to use the, the idea of, you know, working in the public service, everybody working from home, um, our IT system, our IT group is doing just a ton of work um, pushing for equity, equal access to technology, equal access to specific computer hardware, um, equal access to be able to, to do any job that's needed, even though we're not able to work in the office. And I think that's really great because it kind of a rising tide lifts all boats is the, is the apt metaphor here where, you know, I have... Um, a really nice desktop computer at home. I have this audio set up here to be able to to record things, which also means that now I can do um, really high quality video conferences. Um, but some people, they might have just a cell phone at home. They might not even have a home computer. Um, working from home under those circumstances versus my circumstances are extremely different. And our, our um, IT group has done it just a ton to be able to get everybody up to a certain minimum quality threshold. Um, and one of the simplest ways that this can, this can actually bear itself out is that if, if all our um, IT support group wanted to, or were willing to do is give everybody kind of the, the worst laptop, like a, a low end laptop or something that they would just send you and say, here, do your work. Um, it's not, that's not an equitable system because obviously if I have this really high powered computer sitting at my desk and somebody else is having to use this dinky old laptop that's not even powerful enough to do anything. And then you look at us at the end of the year, at the end of this time when we're working from home and say, wow, you were so unproductive. Um, why couldn't you have accomplished more? And then they would look at me and say, wow, you did so much. We're going to give you a promotion. You just worked so hard. But it turns out that it was actually just what the, the systems we were given to work with that were different. And it doesn't actually matter how hardworking either of us was when the system was so imbalanced to begin with. And that's why I think it's been really nice to see that they've been going out of their way to make sure that everybody has the same system and that it's not a bad system. It's actually quite a high-end system um, to, be, to allow everybody the opportunity to do their best work, even though we're not able to be in the office. Um, 
you can apply that thought to all kinds of things like, um, you know, one of the reasons that I donate to food banks is that I think that everybody deserves the opportunity to have a healthy, um, you know, healthy meals, healthy food all the time. And, and even though I've never had to, I've never been in a position in my life where I had to use a food bank. I just like, it's so easy for me to picture and empathize with people who might have to use food banks, for example, that the very least I can do, and I definitely don't do enough yet, um, is to, to give money to food banks. Like I, I know that a lot of people talk about, um, or do give food to food banks and, um, Obviously, that's really important too. But I think, um, especially with our food bank in Ottawa, they actually have farms. They have farmland that they they're able to buy food from these local farmers, and so they're not only able to support local business, but they're then able to give like produce, fresh, actual food that you're not you're not able to donate those kinds of things. Um, obviously, they, they have the most nutritional value. Um, having having it like I don't I feel like I don't need to say this, but I'm going to say it anyways. The difference between having like a can of soup versus a salad when you are a, when you're a person who's down on their luck, when you're a person who has, has encountered more barriers than, than I have in my life, just to have like the human dignity of being able to just have a salad, like have some lettuce with tomato and cucumber and, and salad dressing. Like when you've been used to having not had enough your entire life, just being able to get that basic, like human meal is like, it's just such a good feeling to be able to continue to contribute to that. And, it, and that that's like, that's the key of it for me is just making sure that everybody has enough. And uh, the final thing I'm going to briefly talk about here is inclusion, which I think often gets missed. Um, but the idea here is, and again, I'm going to relate it to our IT systems because like, I, I think our IT group has been doing a really, really good job with this. Um, inclusion is not, is, is not just giving everybody access to the same tools, but making everybody feel welcome and like they actually can use all the tools available. Um, so our, our IT group has given us a bunch of software and, um, so me, for example, again, being somebody who loves technology, I right away started digging through all this stuff they gave us, trying to find out the best ways to use it, trying to look at everything that's available and going and digging deep down. Um, whereas other people, especially potentially older people or people who don't, just don't like technology as much as I do, um, aren't exploring what's available and might not know how to use it intuitively and might not even might feel uncomfortable asking how to use it or trying to get materials to help them figure it out. And so our IT group has been like dedicating tons of resources into trying to um, build training and resources for, for helping people figure out how to make the most of the systems we have. And when it comes to something like what we use Microsoft Teams as our main kind of collaboration platform now since we started working from home, and this becomes very real and this becomes inclusion much more in the normal, um, in the normal sense of the way you think about it in that if somebody like everybody has the technical ability to access teams, we all have an account with a password. Um, but if you don't know how to use this software that, that our IT group has provided for us, 
And if you feel like you can't ask and, and you don't want to feel dumb, um, you can actually be locked out of conversations that you should be a part of, that you should be, you should have equal opportunity to be a part of if you want to. And so coming up with all these training materials and making sure, like going out and asking, um, hey, do you understand how to use this? Is there anything I can do to help you out? Um, like bringing it down to, um, um, or bringing it up, I guess, to a higher level and saying, yeah, hey, this was really confusing at first, but here's how I figured out how to do it. Um, they, helping people to understand that you're not, that they're not dumb for not being able to figure stuff out with technology. If you, if you haven't grown up with this, if you haven't been immersed in it kind of most of your life or your entire life, uh, it's not necessarily intuitive. And, um, so for me, that's, that's inclusion. So making sure that everybody that you work with, everybody that you interact with, um, just making sure they have enough and making sure that they feel included, um, and not kind of made to be less than anybody else. That's um, that's really the key for me. And so I'm going to continue to expand on on my progressive views and um, why I'm like that. And I think I'm going to apply that same principle, that same set of principles to future episodes, to future topics. But for now, I'm going to leave it there and um, just say I'm planning some interesting topics in the next couple of days. Um, one which I'm sure is going to be very controversial. Um, so anyways... Thanks for listening, and I'll talk to you in the next one. Bye.